say you're a marketing leader and you've got a great team executing a great marketing strategy. Chances are that strategy relies pretty heavily on content. And that content aims to harness the expertise of thought leaders in your company and your industry one way or another. So the problem is that person or people on your team that are responsible for producing that content are probably not those experts. They may very well be brilliant experts in content marketing, but they're not likely to also be experts in the products and services your company sells. So why, oh why, are they so often responsible for crafting the thought leadership as if they are those experts? What if, instead, they could harness the voices of those actual experts and then use their marketing expertise to ring it out? I'm Lindsay Chepkema, CEO and co-founder of Casted, the first and only marketing platform built around brand podcasts. And this is our podcast. Gene Hopkins and I agree on a lot of things, it seems, but the thing that got me most excited in this conversation with her is that we both have been loving and living the idea of empowering our marketing teams to capture the voices of experts so they can do with them what they do best, amplify those voices in myriad ways. Hear how Jean has been doing this as, since her days at HubSpot, on through to several other companies, including Lola.com, and now as the CRO of Squad Locker. Let's just say she's got an expert perspective you'll want to bring out. Hi there. My name is Jean Hopkins. I'm the Chief Revenue Officer at Squad Locker. Thank you so much for being here. I am so glad that you are on the podcast talking about podcasts. Doesn't get much more meta than that. And I know you are not new to podcasts. You've been involved in them at different companies all along the way. So go back, if you will, to the first show that you were involved in. Well, I can't say- Podcast or show. Yeah, well, obviously it's HubSpot TV. And I can't claim any credit for that because it was it was rocking along. Mike Volpe and Karen Rubin, two of the smartest human beings on the planet Earth, put together this very funny uh, show that they would do weekly. And what we got out of it was a level of excitement, a level of excitement, not only for the audience, because what we were teaching and talking about, I mean, marketing is a discipline, but it's also an art and looking for those stories. And Karen would cull together the different topics that were happening in the industry. I remember when the the iPad was launched by Apple and Karen had so many things to say about iPad, like how did they come up with that? (laughs) And it was, and and Mike, you know, just turned bright red kind of talking about it, but there was such good mojo between the two of them that it was an excellent choice of casting, excellent choice of guests, and they made it, it had a personality and it helped to define what HubSpot was. And when you think of HubSpot, you usually smile because the the whole aspect of it implies joy. And that's what marketers are looking for. We're looking for personality. We're looking for joy in our lives. Yes. And so you started to touch on something that I think is is super important. And yes, we're here talking about, you know, tactical things like a show yeah, sure. and, and, and podcasting. But the the why behind it is, you know, what I'm hearing, what I've experienced firsthand is you're, it's humanizing. It's humanizing tech. It's 
humanizing a brand. It's putting literally voices and stories and humans at the forefront and and in the ears of of an audience. And so tell me more about that and how that has been a part of your role ever since. When I went from HubSpot to SparkBear, which is a DevOps company, it was a little hard to kind of, it, it was an amalgamation of five different businesses with five different sales forces. But I knew that we needed to have a blog. I knew that we needed to have content. It was difficult to wrap a personality around it. The, the name Smart Bear evokes, you know, something, you think of something and it's smart. And from a DevOps environment, it's something that IT people can relate to. But I wasn't able to really juice that up internally. It was only when I went to Continuum and Continuing Managed Services, and we were going to do our first big user conference. And I felt that I wanted, I had a young guy, Nathan. Nathan was just great. Teplo, he's uh, really awesome. And I said, I want you to start doing a podcast. And we're going to advertise for this event, Navigate, on this. And this was with the um, Sales Lead Management Association, Jim Obermeyer and uh, Susan Finch. So I bought, you know, six months of the show. And Nate was like, I don't know what to do. And I'm like, well, listen to some podcasts and let's, they're going to have, they're going to produce it. They're going to give us this. And then we're going to be able to expand the blog. So we'll be able to put the audio in there. We'll be able to put the transcript in there. We'll be able to use this content, tactical stuff. I mean, that's the tactical component. But I said, this gives us a way to be able to talk about it. And one of the things that I wanted to do at Navigate is because all of our customers were really IT professionals, not sales and marketing people. So if you needed a new server or if you needed a new hard drive, they knew how to get it, but we needed to teach them how to market and sell. So I wanted them to say, my whole idea is that when we did our first Navigate conference, I had a um, a genius bar set up with our marketing team to look at their social media presence, to look at their blogs, to look at their email, look at their website, look at to be able to help them become better marketers. So this concept of Navigate, then it got Nate into this mindset and it also opened up doors for him because he's a young guy who was in his mid-20s and he ended up being part of a bunch of different IT associations because they were always looking for young guys. And what he started doing was showing people, particularly these IT guys, you know, you have a problem with Windows 10, let me tell you how, how to make it operate. You could do a podcast, post it to your website. You get the top 10 questions that are asked every single day. What do I do when this breaks or what do I do? It's all in your head, but why don't you record it <laughs> and, and transcribe it and put it on your blog or put it on your website? So if a customer asks, you can just tell them, you can send them that information. I mean, it's kind of easy now when, when you have a question on how to do something, you go to YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. You go to YouTube, right? And it's like, how do I install a, you know, filter in my LG refrigerator or something like that? You, and you find somebody that's an expert and it's all about sharing your expertise in sound bites. And I mean, we were able to use it as a launching ground that brings some of the customers on as guests <laughs> and then they learned how simple it was so it kept lather rinse repeat just kept going on and on so it was it was a very good use of that I love that and I, I just I want to shout this from the mountaintops because this is <laughs> this is what we've I mean we've been doing the same thing and and trying to help people understand 
how valuable that is, which is if you have a marketer, a content marketer, and they are tasked with spreading the word and, and sharing, sharing insights and expertise that they don't innately have, right? Because they're a marketer, they're a writer, they're a, you know, fill in the blank, they have this role of marketing. And then you have these other experts over here that have that expertise, whatever it is, you know, IT in, in this instance. Yes. Why try to force the marketer to be the expert instead yeah. of just leveraging the experts, right? Totally. And yeah. so you're saying something that's, it's not new, you know, just, just record it, record it. And, yeah. hear it and use it and capture that recording yeah. as, as the center of, of your content and then get, equip that marketer to churn out more and more and more and make totally. it they're equipped to do, which is disseminate it and yes. package it up in a way that's, that's valuable. Yes. Productize it. Exactly. And yeah, here we yeah. Yeah. to your point, I think you mentioned this, it's a lot easier now. Now we can actually not only record those conversations, but make them into a podcast and yeah. then you know, and then product. It becomes it. content. It becomes, and it's a, it's a great way to share your personality of who you are. And it's a great way to be able to show your expertise. So then when I went, uh, when I ended up going to Lola and we were going to do this agile operations batch of Mike Volpe's podcast into one agile op. So we, and then we do a drop, like a Netflix drop of six of them. So he had interviews, he interviewed Sharon Rubin, he interviewed um, Jessica Meyer, he interviewed a bunch of people. And then I bought Road Warrior Radio Domain.com for Ryan Ball, and he knows a bazillion people. And so he was recording every other week, he was doing that recording on uh, talking to all these other people. And so we were on with the sales lead management organization and we were on with that one every Thursday every other week and then I was doing another one called table fries because I like to share and it's like usually involves food service on some capacity yep most always your least favorite I feel like that needs but, to be a life requirement <laughs> yeah what was the last book you read what would you recommend you know different things that and people once they realized it was totally freaked out every single I'm so nervous and, and I, but it'd be like oh that didn't hurt I there was no blood involved and mm -hmm. like see it was just a conversation we'd record it I'd be across from them and they would love that and it became a personality thing for us at Lola and so between the road warrior the table fries and then Mike Volpe's drops of um, agile ops we also did another one called simple numbers and uh Mike Volpe and Rebecca Morrison, our CFO at Lola, two wicked smart people. And they would look at something that was happening in the financial markets, like let's talk at WeWork as an example. Mm -hmm. What happens when you look at the financials and what happens? Oh, beautiful numbers. I'm sorry. It was called beautiful numbers. So we did a bunch of drops on that. It was just fun. So at Lola, we built a studio. Again, we built a studio. We, we struggled with the initial sound because we were in the bottom floor of the building and it was, it was a little echoey and a little harsh. But then when we moved to the new building, our founder, Paul English, like, we had a beautiful studio and it was soundproofed. And it, was it is beautiful. It yeah. is, yeah. It's yeah. who was work for me in marketing there. He was responsible for a lot of the production. But one of the things that we did is we had, uh, last summer, we had 10 interns. And so they, one of my guys, a uh, very funny guy, actually all those interns were a riot, but 
but one of them like took hold and they each did a podcast. So it was internal of internal affairs. Nice. Yeah, very nice. And so (laughs) that gave us a chance to be able to put it on our intern page, be able to do some promotion. So it became a way of life for us at Lola because it was really important. And I I don't know, I, I just, I really like it. And then coming to Squad Locker, he wants to do, what is it? He loves, there's something on NPR that he really loves. And he wanted to do something. He wanted to do it on resilience. And he knows mm-hmm. half the universe himself. And having guests, and I'm a big believer that having guests just gives you such better content. Yeah, it's it such does. better questions. So that's kind of where we are right now. <laughs> I want to pick up table fries again. and, and you be should. That. Yeah, yep. I love it. And I I love this thread of, again, kind of going back to the beginning of our conversation about humanizing, humanizing and tapping into expertise. I mean, that's what I keep hearing over and over and over in every company that you've been at, every team that you've been a part of, every, you know, whatever the budget, whatever the team size, whatever the Mm -hmm. stage of the company, it's like, look, Mm -hmm. how can we um, capture expertise? How can we be more human? What would you share about how, how, how do, how do you, that sounds very interesting, but I'm sure it sounds very overwhelming for a lot of people listening. Like where do you start? How do you, how do you get started? Like, how do you begin? So I'm sure every person that has listened to this, uh, is listening today has at some point in their career been responsible for the company newsletter. And I use this example of everybody starts the, let's do a monthly customer newsletter. And I, I could be customer, could be employee. Right. And let's just go employee for now. Because I, I think that employees need to know things. They need to be kind of centralized on things. Mm-hmm. So they start with it. They, they have, we're going to do this. We're going to have team. So everybody gets together. You have 37 points of view. You have 108 different ideas for issue one, which mm-hmm. You're, you're saying to yourself, all we're trying to do is a front and pat back PDF to be able to send to our 300 employees, okay? Yeah. So we've got all these ideas. But what ends up happening is the marketer is not in the position to be able to be like the uh, managing editor, to be able to say, I'm a big believer, you know, a product story, a customer story, and a promotion that you've got a campaign, and that's it. And then, you know, maybe a couple of big wins that's good enough just to be able to communicate effectively. You can't do anything with 108 stories. So the next one, people feel like, well, my story number 93 was not included. So I'm not going to the next meeting. So at the next meeting, you get 17 people at that meeting and they come up with 56 ideas. Okay. And again, you're, you, you've got enough room for three or four. So then on the third meeting, there's three of you, the person from HR, you the marketing person and maybe somebody else in the meeting. And they're like, well, what do we talk about? And there's never a fourth issue. So my point being is think about the content plan. What is the goal? What are you trying to do with this? Now, for me, in many cases, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to overcome people's internal resistance to talking in what is perceived to be a public setting. I think, you know, you you hear that, you know, speaking in front of a group, it, people would prefer dying versus that, speaking in front of a, a group. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I, I'm the very first, I get tense, I don't eat before I speak, it's just, it's just something, it's nerve-wracking. It's nerve-wracking, yeah. <laughs> it is, it's nerve-wracking. 
and and you make mistakes and you need water, you know, the whole the whole nine yards. But mm-hmm. if you can start to learn how to speak appropriately, and this is where I'm a huge believer in Toastmasters. So I started Toastmasters at HubSpot. I brought it to Smart Fair. I brought it to Continuum. I brought it to Ipswich. And now I'm at Squad Locker. And I, I feel that at Lola, we, we were, I was doing it at Lola and involving the team from Crayon as well. Mm-hmm. Because getting people to stand up in front of a room with very short prompts and trying to get them to speak for 30 seconds or 60 seconds is wonderful practice as well as trying to get away from the uhs and the ums that are so distracting. It's more a matter of that because that takes away from the validity of what you're saying. And the vast majority of the people that were coming to the Toastmaster groups were engineers, which I found fascinating. And we would just go through this and it was once every two weeks we would have these, these meetings. However, my goal is to get people comfortable. And I believe that podcasts can do that quite easily. And everybody has something very interesting to say. Very true. It's very true. And I love how you've talked about different different shows for different audiences and different hosts. Different hosts. Yes. Yes. Right. It's not right. always the most obvious person. It's the person who is best suited for that show and that audience. Yep. Absolutely. Oh, I have to say that uh, Lola, we won, we won another one of the Sharkies from B2B Demand Gen just this year in 2020. It was the last event that I attended. It was in Scottsdale (laughs) towards the end of February. And we won, we actually started a whole podcast category. And so we won, we tied with with another one um, and we won for the three. Congratulations. Yeah, that's cool, isn't it? That that is very cool. So obviously there's a common thread here as far yep, as, yep. Um, yes, podcasting, but even bigger than that, it's the why behind the podcasting. Again, it's Absolutely. a humanizing, it's yep. the stories, it's it's really getting into your audience in a different way. It's tapping into expertise. So tell me where where you think podcasting should sit in an organ, in a brand today, in a brand's strategy. Where Where should it be among everything else that marketing leaders are tasked with and, and thinking about all the time? Well, as we know, content is super important. And this is content. It's easier than writing a fairly lengthy article, I believe, that getting your thought process. It's a lot easier for people to listen or watch some video or listen to a recording. It should be part of the content process, yet, again, it's a hurdle that people haven't quite figured out how how to overcome, how to do, what is the next first step. And so I guess getting back to my newsletter story, sorry about this, (laughs) you need to figure out what your body of content is going to be. What is your theme? And it's okay if you start on one end of the spectrum and then it morphs because it will morph. You're going to start saying, this is my hypothesis. This is where I'm going to go with this. And then thematically, as you have guests, whether they're internal, external, whatever kind of guests, you're going to be moving towards something else saying, you know what, this is really resonating with our audience, or this is really resonating with our employees or our customers or somebody. And I believe that you have the opportunity very easily 
the customer success team at Lola reported to me. And Mike Crawford, amazing leader, he would do regular videos about this is how you do this. This is how you do that. And it is a form of a podcast. It's a teaching tool. And if we look at podcasting as a teaching tool, it's not a matter of, I think we have to get out of that mindset that we're only promoting ourselves. Oh, for sure. And I think that's a hurdle that most people struggle with. They can't quite seem to overcome that where they think that I'm only going to be talking to myself or nobody's going to listen to me. Okay, that's not accurate, but (laughs) it's, it's, it's an easy out for you if that's how you feel about it. They're going to be interested in your guests. They're going to be interested in what you have to offer. If you don't start, then you don't know what's going to resonate with that audience. What advice would you give for starting? As far, like what's, what's the one takeaway for listeners for how, how to get started? Use your laptop or use your phone. Record something that you find interesting. Edit it and post it. You can post it to any of your social channels. You can post it anywhere. It can be a minute. It can be two minutes, whatever. Try it. You're not going to die. And the worst thing that's going to happen is you might want to delete it. You could even say, this is a test. I'm trying this out. I'm trying to see how this works. And within your network, you'll be surprised to find many people that are like, you know, I've been wanting to do this for a while. You're very brave for trying to do it. Mm -hmm. It's not a matter of bravery. It's a matter of, it's interesting. I read a very interesting article this morning about a short, boring word that we all need in our lives right now in this state of uncertainty that we're revolving around, consistency. And what is consistency? Us as individuals, how we respond to people, how we deal with people, how we deal with our customers, how we deal with our employees. Consistency is a very boring word because nobody's like, I don't care about consistency. Well, you kind of should, you know, it's sort of when you're teaching your children, you know, it's time for to go to bed. It's bedtime, right? And then you want them, the the consistent, uh, my husband and I were were talking uh, about how when they started going to preschool, I used to get yelled at all the time by the, the preschool teacher because I let my kids sleep as long as they possibly could in the morning. I, I didn't care because if they got there at 9.30, I know that they slept until 8.30. I fed them, dressed them, got them to the school. And I'm sorry, but you're not doing anything profound at nine o'clock in the morning. And <laughs> at it was preschool. more important. Yeah, right. It was more important for them to get good sleep and their whole lives they've gotten really good sleep and trying to get that. That to me is the consistency. What are you providing in terms of consistency? Are you going to bed on time? Are you having regular meals or are we all mowing down on potato chips? Because that's our, you know, you know the drill is how are we being consistent? So this is marketing can be boring because ultimately what are we trying to do? It's consistency of messaging. It's consistency in the cadence that we're communicating. It's, it really is consistency. Our brand needs to be consistent. You can't be one thing here and another thing here and another thing here. If it adds and it augments to what you're trying to achieve personality-wise and without thinking about the ROI and the net results. I generated seven customers from this, but if you're looking at it, I want to inform my customers and I'm going to use this tool, which is podcasting, to inform our customers about the product notes, product release notes, the product launches, price increases. This is how I'm going to do it. 
that is a very good place to start communicating with your customers and keep it there. Like, don't, don't start doing that. And then, Oh, and we're also going to talk about our culture too. Like, no, it's, if it's be very clear about who it's for, be very clear about the purpose, be very clear about, you know, where it, where it is and be consistent. I think that there's, there's a lot that goes wrong because people get bored with consistency. That's our show. Thanks for listening. For more from today's guest, visit casted.us to subscribe and to receive our show as it's published, along with other exclusive content each and every week.